Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning. So good to see you. We're glad that you're here on Father's Day. And uh, how many of you believe God's Word has something to say about fathers? Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful that you love us and you care for us. And Lord, we just ask for your blessings and your, your spirit to move upon our minds and our hearts today. And we ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. Someone said Father's Day is just like Mother's Day, except on Father's Day you buy a cheaper gift. <laughs> One day uh, a dad had this observation about Father's Day. He said, every restaurant in the world is packed on Mother's Day, but they want us to barbecue on Father's Day. Kristen Wiley shared this about her dad. One day I received, or on the day I received my driver's license, my father agreed to go out for a ride with me driving. With a big grin, he hopped in behind the driver's seat, and I said, why aren't you sitting in front on the passenger side? Kirsten, I've been waiting for this ever since you were a little girl, Dad replied. Now it's my turn to sit in the back seat and kick the back of the seat. <laughs> How many of you can identify with that? Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 37 and 38, Moses is giving us a rehearsal of the law and his experience with God and the children of Israel's, uh, uh, I guess you would say, their trek across the wilderness for 40 years. And this is what he said, And because he loved your fathers, therefore he chose their descendants after them, and he brought you up out of Egypt with his presence and with his mighty power, driving out from before you the nations greater than you and mightier than you to bring you in to give you their land as an inheritance as it is this day. So in this passage, Moses is reminding the people, reflecting back on the relationship that God has with them, and he mentions and references their fathers and them as the descendants of their fathers. Now he uses words like, and I want you to catch this, God loved your fathers, he chose the descendants, he brought them out with his presence, with his mighty power, driving out your enemies to give you an inheritance. And these are very positive words, and it begins with the relationship with their fathers. Now, if I tell you that father's important, most of you would say, absolutely. Do you realize that the word father or fathers is mentioned over 1,500 times in your Bible? God refers to fathers over and over and over again. And how many of you know God is your heavenly father? So, fathers are a great blessing. And they also are a great addition, but poor fathers are adding to the dysfunction and the decay of our society. How many of you know if we had better fathers, we'd have a greater world and a better world? So the good news is today that every father can become a better father. How many of you dads are trying to get better at this? And, and, and you know, I don't know, other than the Bible, that nobody gives you a handbook to say, okay, this is the handbook of being a father. But we can be great fathers because God says we can. I want to give you this morning, if you're taking notes, six things about being a most valuable dad, a MVD, a most valuable dad. Now, here's the first one. Most valuable dads, they are strong but gentle. They are firm but flexible. Strong but gentle, firm but flexible. In 
Paul's exhortation to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, in verse 13, as he closes out the book, he gives this charge to the men. And I want you to listen to it. Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Now, I want to give you the last two uh, parts of that, and I want you to repeat it after me. Here we go. Act like men, be strong. Can we say that? Act like men, be strong. One more time. Act like men, be strong. Fatherhood takes a lot of faith, it takes a lot of bravery, and it takes a lot of courage. Listen, we don't need wimpy, weak, feminine men that cower down to every challenge that comes along in their life. Men, it's time to be men, and we have a society that's trying to keep you from being a man. Okay, I'll, I'll preach to this section over here. We live in a world that's trying to diminish the manhood of men and really the role of fatherhood. And it's really gotten us into a lot of trouble. Matter of fact, most of you will realize and, and understand with me that fathers have to be strong. And if the enemy wants to take our world, he will really challenge the fathers and the fatherhood. So we can be strong but gentle. We can be firm but flexible. Many years ago when uh, I was a counselor at our church camp, Randy and I used to alternate between the first and second grade and third and fourth grade. Now, if you had the first and second grade, it was a challenge. Third and fourth grade is a little bit easier because those first and second graders, they just really had a lot of trouble trying to function a week at camp. And our camp back then was a little bit longer. So you would have to tell them so many things they would have to do. And I had a little boy in my group one year named Michael. And Michael was my nemesis. Every morning I have to get him up, I'd have to help him get ready, brush your teeth, uh, get in the shower. He would say, I'm not going to take a shower. I said, Michael, either you're going to take a shower or both of us are going to be in the shower. <laughs> brush your teeth, put your clothes on. And so we went through this every day, every day. And I thought by the end of the week, Michael's going to hate me. But I, I held my ground. I said, Michael, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to talk ugly. We're going to be quiet in uh, service. You're going you're to take a shower every day. You're going to brush your teeth every day. You're going to get ready every day. You're going to make up your bed every day. And I tell you what, every day it was a war. And you'll see our picture up there. You see the little boy that's leaning against me that's got a hold of my hand? That's Michael. So Michael and I had this all week long, and I thought, this kid is going to hate me at the end of the week because I'm making him mind, I'm making him, uh, you know, him make up his bed, I'm making him take a shower every day, brush his teeth, and it, it's just a war every day. So last day, we're getting ready to leave, camp is over, and so we have people that are leaving different areas, and I said, okay, if you're, you're with this church group, you need to go with this group, if you need to load your stuff up on this van or this trailer, this is where you go. So I'm getting my stuff together. I'm helping all the kids get their stuff together. And so I said, no, Michael, you're from Louisiana, so you need to go with this church group. That's who you came here with. And so I'm going to our group and our van and our trailer to load my stuff up. And here Michael is. He's got a suitcase. <laughs> and I said, Michael, this is not your group. I said, you're, you're, you're taking your stuff over there. He said, no. He said, I'm, I'm putting my stuff on here. And I said, Michael, why are you putting your stuff here? He said, because I'm going to go home with you. <laughs> and I said, Michael, you, you, you can't go home with me. I mean, your mom and dad will miss you. And he said, no, they won't. He said, I want to go home 
with you. Now, I, I get kind of choked up when I tell that story because he was very serious because he wanted to go home with me. But, but listen, I thought, this kid's not going to like me because I'm making him mind. I'm trying to bring some discipline to his life. But you know what I found out? Kids really like a structured life. They really like discipline. And, and most of the kids are going to say, no, we don't. But I want to tell you, it brings something to our life that we really need. Kids need discipline. They need boundaries. They need to know what good behavior is. And they need someone that's strong but gentle, firm but flexible. And it is an imperative thing in our life. And dads, we can provide that. You know, King David had a lot of sons and daughters. But I'm going to refer to two of his sons, Adonijah and Absalom. Both of those sons tried to overthrow their dad. Both of them really wanted him dead. They were going to take over the kingdom. They wanted to dethrone their dad. They wanted their dad dead. But there's an interesting verse, and I'm going to give you three different translations about this verse. 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 6, his father, David, talking about Adonijah, had never rebuked him at any time in his life. Here's another one. His father had never at any time displeased him. Now, let me ask all, all the kids here, whether you're young or you're older, how many of you that your dad ever displeased you? Dad would take his belt off every once in a while and displease me. Now, here's another translation. His father had never crossed him at any time. You know what the Bible is saying? That David never at any time in his life ever disciplined that son. And guess what? It did not turn out good. You say, well, if I discipline my kids, they will hate me. Let me tell you, they may hate you if you don't. Because we are fathers there to give those things in their life that they need. So sometimes, dads, we have to be the bad guy. Quote, bad guy. Well, I want to do this. No, you can't do that. Well, all the other kids are doing it. I'm not all the other kids' dad, right? How many of you have ever heard that? Well, so-and-so's doing it. Johnny's doing it. Susie's doing it. I don't care what Johnny and Susie's doing, but you're not going to do it because I'm your dad. Hello. So there has to be structure. There has to be strength. We're gentle. We're firm, but we're flexible. So you have to make a tough stand sometimes. And sometimes you are just... So beaten, you want to give in. How many of you guys ever just want, okay, do it, I'm just going to give in. But you know what, that doesn't, doesn't work. So the things that our kids need that are good for them, sometimes they don't. Listen, a father's maturity and experience overrides our children's immaturity. So we have to understand our children are immature, and we have to override that by being a father. Uh, Charles... Uh, Harold Hulbert said, children need love, especially when they don't deserve it. Let me tell you, your kids aren't perfect. My kids aren't perfect. So we have to really discipline them. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to do things that we don't want them to do. They're going to stray from the path. But with discipline and love, we give them their best interest in mind. We never discipline out of anger. We always love them unconditionally because that's what great dads do. Number two, great dads make time. Say that with me. Great dads make time. Now, this is what I've found, and, and listen, I had to do this later in life, so I've made my mistakes. To have time, you have to schedule time. Yeah. Time is elusive. It comes and it goes, but we all have the same amount of time. I found out for my time with Carrier, the times with my kids, I have to schedule it almost like a business appointment. And you just have to do that. 
This last week, Mel got a call. There was a church up uh, in Wisconsin that wanted me to come in in the fall and do their 60th church anniversary. They said, we'd like uh, Pastor Mike to come in and do the weekend for us and, and have a, an anniversary for our church. And Mel uh, told them no without even consulting with me. Now, let me tell you why. She, she got on the phone with, with this person and said, Pastor Mike's son is getting married that weekend and there's no way that he's going to come up there and do that with his son getting married that weekend. So you have to say, okay, this is our time. This is their time. This is my kid's time. And you have to learn how to say no because there's always something that seemingly is more important. But let me tell you what I've learned. You will never get the time with your kids back again. They're going to grow up. They're going to go on. You'll never get those back. So we have to schedule some dad trips, some dad dates, some dad time, some dad fun, and some family adventures because you will never get that back. James 4, 14, do, do you not know that your life, you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then it what vanishes away. It's like a vapor that just vanishes away. How many of you who are over 50 didn't realize it took that fast to get 50. Or if you're 60 or 70 or 80, do you realize you turn around and you say, I can't be that old. I was just 13 yesterday. No, you weren't. But anyway, it goes pretty fast. And all of us would agree, life goes so fast. You know, I think I'm 30 on the inside. Joe said he felt like he was 20 on the inside. My body tells me different, but that's what my mind thinks. All of a sudden, like a vapor, it just vanishes away and it's gone. Here's the third thing. Most valuable dads know, to ha know how to have fun. So we have to learn how to have fun ourselves so we can have fun with our family and our friends and our kids and those people around us. Now, one of the things that, uh, and Matt was really more into this than, than uh, Aaron was, and you saw some things on the screens and on the walls today. Matt was kind of into the corny joke thing for a while. So kids and dads kind of do the corny joke things. So Matt would come home from school and he would say, Dad, you know why some people are pirates? I said, no, Matt. He said, they just are. <laughs> I said, oh, that's so funny. Or do you know what kind of beans that vampires like, Matt? Or Matt would say, and I said, no, Matt, what is it? He said, human beans. That's what vampires like. And, and we go to restaurants, especially we, we, we go to Mac's restaurant years ago. They, they would have a box of Laffy Taffy. And my favorite is banana, so we'd always get banana Laffy Taffy. And, and in the folder of Laffy Taffy, they, they have little jokes, and it's, do you know, or, you know, what about this? And so as we would drive home, we would read the little jokes on the Laffy Taffy and see who could come up with the right answer. And then one uh, time around Christmas at school, they would have the Santa Secret Shop. How, how many have ever heard of the Santa Secret Shop? So the kids would take their money and they'd go to the Santa Secret Shop and they'd buy things for their parents. So Matt, one year, he was so excited, he, he brought me a present. He said, Dad, I bought this at the Santa Secret Shop. And he couldn't wait till I opened it up. So I opened it up, and, and, and of all things that he bought, it was a switchblade comb. <laughs> It looked just like a switchblade knife, and you push the button, and a comb popped out. And he said, Dad, isn't that so cool? And I said, Matt, this is really cool. I bet not every dad has a switchblade comb. Now, my next thought was, 
Why is the school selling switchblade combs at the school in Santa? I mean, that's a tough Santa Claus, I'm telling you right there. So, you know, just, you got to have some fun. Be spontaneous. Take some trips. Set some time, some quality time, some good time. Here's number four. Dads protect. Say that with me. Dads protect. And that's so vital today. More today than yesterday. I remember my parents, I don't know, maybe they did this and, and I, I didn't realize what they were doing. I think they just kicked Steve and I out the, the, the door and locked the door and said, we'll see you at dark. But back then you could do that. Today, not so much, right? We live in a really sick world. And dads, we have to protect. I read an article by All Pro Dads, and I want to give you seven things that dads protect, and I want to kind of throw my thoughts in with this. Number one, we have to protect their identity. And I'm not just talking about identity fraud, but I'm talking about who they are. Culture and the world and the enemy is going to tell your kids they're this. This is who you are. You're not who you think you are. You're this. And there's a whole agenda out there pushing your identity, your sexuality, who you are, your identity. So let me tell you, parents, we're having to protect our kids' identity of who they are and whose they are in God. So we have to protect that. We have to say, listen, this is who you are. You're a child of God. We love you. This is who you are. Second, we have to protect them from themselves. We have to protect them from themselves. Do you know a lot of kids have very low self-esteem about themselves, and, and we can become our own worst enemy at times. So as a parent, we come in and we help that. We protect them, and we, we have to give them that moral filter and that right worldview. If we don't, there again, they're going to drink the Kool-Aid of culture, and we have to protect them sometimes from themselves. And, and most of you know that there's this huge undercurrent of people, you know, cutting themselves themselves and, and hurting themselves in different ways. And we have to protect them from that by letting them know who they really are. The third thing, we have to protect them from their own ignorance. How many of you know you don't know what you don't know? You just don't know what you don't know. And sometimes, you know, you tell your kids this and you tell them that and they think they know more than you. Okay, I deserve a better amen that from the parents. But my boys did the same thing. No, dad, this is the way you should do it. This is the way you do it. And sometimes I just let them do it. If it didn't work out, you know what I wanted to say, Jack? I told you so. But how I many of they just got to learn? So you have to protect them from their own ignorance. Someone said to be forewarned is to be forearmed. So sometimes we have to do that. The fourth thing was we protect them from lies. Uh, the lie of you're not loved, you're not confident, you're not valued, not important. The lie that you don't matter. So there's a lot of lies out there and we have to protect people and especially our kids from those lies. The fifth thing, we protect them from the predators of life. How many of you know there's a lot of predators out there? You know, you have to watch if your kid has a phone. Predators that come through there. The internet, even at school, within the family. Bullies. So there are people that we have to protect them from. The sixth thing is we have to protect them from users. Not everyone's out for your child's best interest. So there's users out there. Those who take advantage of them. Those who don't have their best interests in mind. And lastly, and I, and I kind of like this one, we have to protect them from their own driving. One of the greatest groups that have a huge mortality rate from driving is teenagers. And, and i tell you why. Because when they get a car, they think, number one, they're invincible. Number two, they know how to drive. 
both of my boys, uh, when they were going into high school and they became 16 and they got their driver's license and Aaron was the first one. So uh, every kid wants a new car. Every kid wants the latest thing. So Aaron got his mother's hand-me-down blazer. And so he wasn't too excited about that. And I said, now, Aaron, listen, I've been in high school. I know how all high school kids drive, and they're horrible. And I said, you get your mother's old car. When you get out of high school, go to college. I'll buy you another car, and you can go to college. So he drove his mother's old blazer. Matt comes along. Dad had bought an old white Dodge Ram truck that we used for a farm truck. So when Matt went into high school, got his driver's license, then that was his next move. So one day, we're at home. We're watching a Ford uh, pickup commercial. And Matt's there on the couch. He's watching the Ford commercial. And I walk through and he says, hey, Dad, Dad. He said, look, look at this commercial. He said, that's what I want. I want that new Ford truck. And I said, Matt, come here. Look out the window. <laughs> I said, you see that old white Dodge farm truck? He said, yeah. I said, that's the truck you're going to drive in high school. <laughs> and both of them did not get out of high school without somebody running into somebody in the high school parking lot. Yeah. Then he takes the pickup, which is already beat up. He goes to the field house, football practice. He parks his truck with everybody else. They're punting. They're kicking off. They're doing extra points. And one day, someone kicks the ball, and guess whose truck the football lands on? Right on his windshield, cracks the windshield. So he drove all through high school with a cracked windshield. And even today, he still has a truck with a cracked windshield. Why? Because you just have to protect them because you know that this is the way it is and they don't. And let me tell you why you know. Because you were a horrible driver in high school too. So we just know that's the way it is. So we have to protect them from what they don't know. One of the biggest and the best stories that I've ever heard, and I want to share this with you very quickly, and I've shared it before, about protecting your kid. Evie Hill, the great preacher, Dr. Hill, told this story. He said, when my daughter started dating, he said one day she came to me and said, Dad, I have a date tonight, and said he's going to come pick me up, and I'm going to go upstairs, finish getting ready, and I want you to let me know when he gets here. So Evie Hill said, yes, hon, I'll, I'll let you know. So a little bit later on, the doorbell rang, and he went to answer the door, and when he opened the door, he said there was this freakiest-looking guy that I've ever seen, and this is what he said, my name is so-and-so, and I'm here to pick up your daughter. And Dr. Hill said, no, you're not, and he shut the door. <laughs> A little bit later, his, his daughter bounded down the steps. She had heard the doorbell, and she said, Dad, was that for me? He said, honey, believe me, that was not for you. <laughs> Isn't that a great story? We have to be protectors. Number five, we have to, dads, be educators and mentors. We have to be educators and mentors. Dad, you should be reading to your kids. You should expose them to educational and growth opportunities. You should make education and self-development a priority in their life, so therefore you have to make it in your life. Listen, we cannot expect the school system to give everything our kids need. You can't do it. That, that, that is not right to put that upon the educators in the school system. That was never meant to be. And let me tell you why. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and all your strength. Every Jewish person knows that verse. Most of you know that verse. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Amen. So be it. So Jesus takes this, and when he's talking about how we should live and relate to God in the New Testament, he says, you love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your strength. That comes out of Deuteronomy 6 and 4. But listen to the rest of the verses. How many of you know this is all tied together? And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and they shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. So dads, parents, we need to give them the word of God. We need to teach them, educate them. We cannot expect someone else to do that. They can do their part. There are valuable things they can teach your kids. But listen, parents, God said the first line is you, not the school. Let me say that again. I'm not knocking the school. We have a lot of educators here. We love them. We value them. But God's plan, the first line was not the school system, it's parents. Somebody say amen. amen. And here's the last one. Dads provide an example and a role model for their kids. An example and a role model for their kids. Uh, we, we, we have this every once in a while, even in Sunday school. We have it sometimes at preschool, not much. Uh, we, we have this, I know, in the public school. How many of you know sometimes a kindergarten kid or preschool kid or even a first or third grader can come in to the school with some language that would make a sailor curl his toes up? So we have kids coming in, both uh, young boys and girls, who use horrible language. When you say, well, where did you learn that? Guess where they say? At home. That's how my dad talks. That's the way my mother talks. Let me tell you, that's a tragedy. Yeah. It's even more a tragedy if it's in a Christian home. So, here we have kids using language they shouldn't use, and they say they got it by listening to their parents. Now, I'm not saying that all of us are perfect and we haven't slipped up a time or two or ten. But let me tell you something. We ought to have a lifestyle that is a mentoring lifestyle, an education lifestyle, an example lifestyle that our kids can pick up. Listen, kids, this is the way you talk because this is the way I talk. Son, this is the way you treat a woman. This way we, we, we treat a woman. And more than saying that, it's how you treat their mother. Our daughter, this is the way you treat a man. By watching how the mother treats the husband, their father. Y'all are getting really quiet. But I'm telling you something. This is a tragedy in our world. And let me tell you where we ought to get this right. We ought to get this right in the church first. If we get it right in the church, hopefully it will permeate beyond the church to our society. So we have to be good examples. This is how you treat a woman, son. This is how you treat a man, daughter. This is how you talk, son. This is how a man should treat his friend. This is how you go through disappointments. This is how you make it through a challenge. This is how you walk in honesty and integrity in courage and in faithfulness. And I've told you the first time that uh, I had an incident with Aaron at the IGA store that he's about four years old, possibly five, maybe in there, and we check out at IGA, and we're walking to the car, and I notice he has a candy bar in his hand. 
And I said, Aaron, where'd you get the candy bar? And he looked at me and he said, well, it was right there at that little side deal as you walked through the checkout. How many of you know where that's at? And I said, I didn't pay for that. Did you pay for it? And he said, no, I didn't pay for it. You could tell this look just came all over him. And I said, Aaron, that's stealing. I said, we're going to go back in there and we're going to tell that cashier, that, that, that lady at the checkout stand, that you took that candy bar, you didn't pay for it, you're going to give it back, you're going to apologize. Let me tell you, he, 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 this look of horror went over his face. It's just like, no, Dad, you're not going to make me do that, are you? And I said, oh, yeah, we're going to do that. So we go back into IGA, and he gives that candy bar back to the lady behind the cashier, and he says, ma'am, I took that, and I didn't pay for it. Listen, after that, you couldn't shove a candy bar in his hand. <laughs> we didn't have any problems after that. But we have to hold our kids accountable. Yeah. Because we are the mentors, we are the examples, we're the ones who are going to do the things that we need to do so they can pick it up. Let me tell you, it's, it's more caught sometimes than taught, so they have to catch that. Now, now, pastor, as you close, I heard you say six things, and you never said anything about loving your kids. Can I tell you something? Every sixth thing I said was about loving your kids. Saying it can be pretty cheap. Well, we use this word all the time, well, I love you, hon, I love you, hon. But let me tell you, if I love them through discipline, if I love them through education, I love them through example, if I love them through protecting them, if I love them through all these things, love is really action. Love is just not words. Love is really action. So I know you're, you're there and you're saying, hey, you went through all six of those and you never told me to love my kids. Let me tell you, I told you to love your kids through all six of those things. Because this is what I know. There's parents all over the world saying they love their kids and they don't do any of those six things. Yeah. So I want to love my kids in action. Yeah. I want to love my kids by doing. I want to love my kids by being. I want to love my kids in ways other than just verbally saying, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. And then that also goes through with your grandkids. Karen and I are experiencing that right now. Yesterday, we went to Oklahoma City, met with my boys for Father's Day. We were at Ted's Mexican Restaurant. Anybody like to go there and eat? And while we were there, Riley entertained all the tables around us. She blew kisses. She waved. And when we left, all the tables around us said, thank you for entertaining us while we were eating. But how many of you know, dads, it is also generationally. God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So as we take the arrows out of our quiver, the Bible says we do two things. We put them in the bow, we aim them, and we release them. Our world would be a better world if we release some good kids into our world. Because they will be parents if the Lord tarries. And I want you to know how important fathers are. Of all the titles that God could take, one of the titles he took is, I am your father. Of all the things he could take, he said, I am your heavenly father. That's big. That's huge. And we have a heavenly father that loves us more than we could ever imagine. Would you stand with me? 
are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.